0: It'd be nice if all the teams went out and played like swaggering dandies as the Hamlet do. An absolute humdinger from about 25 yards. Get it? Swaggering
1: dandies. An absolute humdinger. Swaggering dandies. Hello and welcome to episode 34 of The Hamlet, my name is Ben Sibley and I'm joined once again by Hugo Greenhouse, evening, and uh, also once again by Tom Cullen, hello, Hugo you weren't here last week, how was uh, Tame Parlor? were you suited to be intoxicated as we uh, suggested?
0: I was as predicted, yeah, I had a very enjoyable evening at Alexander Palace, Um, rather too good an evening, maybe. Um, I I
1: feel like it affected
0: your attendance on Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Well, no, let's just say I was brought on at half-time. <laughs> 60 minutes. <laughs> you think you're being on card? 50. Um, no, my night ended dancing on a table um, in someone's kitchen in ballam, so, um, <laughs> That's a long <laughs> way from it, it is, is a lobby. long way from Alley <laughs> yeah. um, There was a stop-off in Camden, um, but, yeah, I got kicked out of that pub. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, um, I managed to see just the one goal... Um, our Saturday against Farnborough, unfortunately it was a Farnborough goal. Um, <laughs> worth the trip. but um, Yeah, you know, yeah worth, worth the trip. Good to be back on the, on the show as well.
1: Uh, Tom, how's your week been? It's been fine,
2: Ben. Uh, it would have been better had Saturday been slightly improved, but I think we should probably move on to that rather quickly. Don't you, Ben? Probably, unfortunately. I feel like it had a, a, a large effect on your week. <laughs> I
1: just seem to be down at the moment. You do. Me. I mean, it's just you oh, know, not, it wasn't that bad. No. I mean, we were we were quite uh, positive in our preview of the farmer game. We I were. <laughs> yeah. Let's see how the post mortem goes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I mean, farmers form the season has been dreadful as it was as we mentioned in the last podcast last season, and we were all expecting the team to return to winning ways, and uh, it didn't happen. Uh, I think it was about. Even four or five minutes in, and uh, actually before the game, this is related to the first goal. But I spoke to Phil Wilson before the game, just on the touchline. I usually go over and say hello whenever he's doing his warm up, just down by the turnstiles um, on the pitch. Obviously, he's not doing it on our side, that would just be strange. And uh, I was talking to him about recent games, and he said, You know what? We don't know what it is, we don't know what's wrong, Uh, something's just changed in the last couple of weeks. And then he also said, You know what? I am absolutely knackered. Which in the podcast that last week we did say, you know, this time of year for Phil, especially, um, I don't know why the jobs that other players have, but working at an, an academy, I think he might be head of sixth form, or he's got quite a high pressure job. So he said he, he admitted he was knackered, and he said after the game he was going straight into bed. And it was four or five minutes into the game, and um, uh, he misjudged uh, a cross, um, and it was headed back across goal and and poked into an empty net by. A brilliantly named Bogdan Vashtuk I do remember before the game started when we heard that
2: over the tunnel I, I was like can't argue with that name it's a great name uh, I kind of I already kind of like that guy just because his name is Bogdan
1: four syllables you know what
2: you're getting <laughs> Bogdan Vashtuk you almost almost wish that he uh, he was one of our players so we could make a nice chant about him
1: <laughs> <laughs> it works it works in terms of the syllables I almost not even any chance about him. so I didn't start well is the no, uh, and uh, all the all the pre game optimism kind of disappeared immediately. There was a notable
2: uh, deflation. Toffons. In the old toilets opposite. Yeah, yeah. It was um sucked the wind out of us a little bit. Yeah. We still tried to keep it going. Uh much to the annoyance of most the regulars when I missed sung songs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what was it you were trying to do? I was trying to do the, oh, the Pink then... and Blue
2: Hamlet, yeah. the, the true hot stepper, but apparently I missed out the intro, which I was derided for, naturally but then I was brought back into it in a loving embrace.
1: Michael Shaw, Michael Shaw is a bit of a song Nazi, no, it? <laughs> actually.
2: It's fine. I learnt my lesson. Um, yeah, so it didn't start so great. And then, uh, what time was it in the game think, that Nyren pulled it
1: back? I think it was probably about a half an hour gone. And uh, he charged down... I think it might have been goalkeeper's kick, actually. He char- charged it down. It looped up about 15, 20 metres into the air. And... Uh, it was a really hard ball to control and he controlled it expertly with the keeper scrambling back towards his line. And he took a touch just as it hit the ground right into his path and passed it into an empty net. It didn't, it didn't annoy me, but when when they <laughs> scored, they, they they properly celebrated and kind of stood, stayed down that end and celebrated all together. Which of course on the one hand is good, they all got together and celebrated. On the other hand, I thought... Get the fucking ball. Like, Th- this is one of my things. Like, get the ball, go back to the halfway line. Yeah, like you shouldn't be one nil down <laughs> at, at any
0: level. Like, if you're equalised, your your priority should be not be resting on your laurels, especially in the first half, and especially like, against
1: a team who've been struggling yeah, as bad. Yeah, Sambra,
0: right? get the ball, go back to the centre circle, and get on with it. On with There's it. more goals to be scored. Yeah, but no, I agree with you. If if, if you know they want to show a moment of solidarity, by all means. By the sounds of it, it's been lacking a bit recently. Yeah, and what Phil was saying to you. Yeah, that's true. Um, do you think
2: that the uh, previous win earlier this season, was, was it 4-1 in 4, their place? Um, four different scorers. Maybe they were a bit complacent in that sense? I just... T-
1: <sighs> it's a good question, but I just hope that after the past couple of weeks... They would have picked up. There'd be yeah. zero complacency. Um, but again, it, it we didn't start particularly badly. It was just an individual error. Mm-hmm. Um, and Phil would put his hands up. He did misjudge, misjudge the flight of the ball, um, which then you know led to the header and then the tap in. But, and also we we didn't go through the team actually. Gus Sal made his first start, mm-hmm. um, and I thought in the first half an hour uh, he struggled quite badly. He's so he's so skinny. He's so small, and he just gets pushed off the ball really easily. And if you're that small, like Erwin used to be you need to be really, 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 really good on the ball to make sure that that doesn't get shown up. And uh, he's not as technically good as Ern, but he did struggle to begin with in that game. Um, and so someone came up with a charm. Uh, what was it? Oh, it's going to really annoy me. So waister. take a look at Gasol. He's got such a <laughs> tiny, tiny waist. <laughs> and then it kind of <laughs> derailed after that. But uh, the tiny waist is true. He is tiny. Um, And he he struggled in that first half, Uh, but there were two players involved in our second game, second goal, sorry, and it was a Dean MacDonald cross from the right wing. And uh, it was one of those crosses where when you see the shape of it and you think, that's going to be a good cross, whatever happens. And it was a great cross. And uh, Ash Carew, of all people, made his way into the box and guided a header into the bottom corner.
2: I, I do remember you informing me that he'd never scores
1: headers. <laughs> it was a it was the kind of goal where you think that the celebration would be the the textbook pointing to the pointing to the forehead, like <laughs> I scored a header, <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't do it. So maybe yeah.
0: it in training. A lot. There are there, you do get these players who it just seems so baffling that they yeah. never ever score with a body part other than their leg. Yeah. Um, yeah, some people just don't have heading in their in their locker. It's just no. they never bother to learn it because they were so good at the ball at feet. Yeah. And Ash is certainly a player who's good with the ball at his feet. So yeah, yeah well, I was as I was reading my um Twitter updates on the way to the
1: game, I was uh <laughs> you know
0: pleasantly surprised to see Ash had got on the score sheet, especially with a head. So
1: yeah, and uh, I think we even specified in the uh, for the Hamlet tweet as well yeah. that was a header yeah. I felt like yeah. a official accounting. A, po-
0: a point worth making <laughs> Um what, why why are you talking about the the first half and the the goal scorers I think Niren's definitely been one of the few big positives in in recent weeks. And that's the thing I wanted to ask on the, the score guys, sheet again
2: because I mean, last year I've came more regularly towards the end of the season. I, I think after the first game I came to was in October, then it it got more regular. But um, how has his development been over the past couple of seasons? How how included has he been? Because as far as I've seen this season, he's really reliable um, and he's, he's putting away goals.
1: It's he just doesn't stop. Like he's. He goes through um, periods where he is at this level unplayable hmm. um, and it's it's a mixture of pace, desire, finishing and just being in the right place at the right time. He seems to sense where to be if there's an opportunity, if there's an opening. He's got a really good idea of understanding space. He kept very cool on that first goal. I he, could, yeah, yeah, I couldn't believe it. Really kept. composed, yeah.
2: Um, so, is this season, as far as you guys are aware, you know, this has been his best season so far in terms of goal scoring? Or
1: uh, I think he's probably reached double figures in maybe two or three seasons beforehand. Okay. He's, you know, he, he's been consistent. He, yeah, he hit yeah. the ground running as soon as he made the jump from the youth teams to the first team. Um, that was before our time. I mean, that was six years ago. Okay. Um, so what, two thousand and nine? Which is crazy when you think about.
0: It. Yeah. I think he's a really interesting one because, like you say, he did come straight from the academy into the first team, and he he seems like a player who who has a confidence that's taken from a higher level. Like you see someone like Reese who has like been at big clubs, Crystal Palace and Celtic, and perhaps like a bit of that confidence comes with being around like better players and in bigger environments. But mm. Nairn just seems to have this like inbuilt. Desire, I think, is a really good word for it. That just like he he quite regularly looks like our our best player on the pitch, and yeah. he does get goals. And I think he's when when he's fit, you have to have him in the starting eleven
1: because there's few players like him that you can really rely upon to put in a, a good shift. I wouldn't be surprised if he's either the, you know he's either the first or the second name on Gavin's team sheet every week. Yeah. It's probably yeah. Phil and him. Yeah. Um, absolutely those two and Ethan Pinnock yeah because um, like you say he's just so reliable left wing right wing he's played up front uh, sometimes he does a job at right back um, and he's uh, he's yeah he's an absolute credit to the club
2: There with us hello mate have you started yet? yeah can we just have our stuff? yeah you can use it downstairs <laughs> can we? yeah alright this is a good time for a break
0: swaggering dandy, an absolute.
2: But I guess that takes us to half time.
0: Right? Yeah.
2: So it's 2 1 at half time.
1: Yeah, Naren's just scored.
2: Cruz just no, scored.
1: Cruz scored, so it's 2 2.
2: No, no. 2 1, half
1: time. <laughs> <laughs> my arrival
2: my is imminent. Yeah. Me off. yeah, yeah, yeah. You then, are, I would imagine, somewhere in Denmark
0: Kill at this point. Quite possibly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. Working up a sweat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Last night's escapades repeating.
0: Yeah pouring out of my pause. so yeah.
2: I mean it was really, everyone was kind of positive at half time like, at least we're 2-1 up and, you know go in the second half and yeah. score a couple more
1: and then what happened? Um, <laughs> we had well we all, we had a couple of chances but none really clear cut Ryan Moss had one or two um, which he stuck just wide of the post I think he might have hit actually hit the post at one point as well from what I can remember Mm-hmm. Um, and then but we weren't really dominating them in the fashion that you'd expect us to
0: mm, like the impressions I got upon arrival were we were very much on the front foot but we weren't batting particularly clinically yeah, so Rema-
2: yeah it reminded me a little bit of the second half of VCD where we had a lot of possession and we were just doing nothing with it
0: well there'd yeah. be a,
1: there'd be a pass like the key pass and it would just be woeful
0: yeah, we we touched upon Gus Sal earlier and you said he maybe struggled in the first half. He seemed quite composed on you know, the first fifteen minutes of the of the second half and you know, having not really seen a lot of him before that game, um it was nice to see. I was surprised that he was on the pitch, but um he seemed to be doing all right.
1: He was definitely much better in the second half. Yeah, um, a lot more comfortable. Got the ball, moved it on quickly. Just did simple things well. Yeah. which is of course what Keep you need to do. Yeah, yeah. When you First coming into the team it, in the way that Dicko does really well. Yeah. So um, and yeah, it was, I'm, I'm going to say it wasn't a particular surprise when Farmer scored again.
2: No, there was a, a sense of it's happening again at that mm. point, and I think a lot of I think obviously not the. Which is—I mean—to be disrespectful, but the 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 people that were there for the day, I didn't really care. But I think, particularly until it's opposite, the mood really changed. Yeah. I think when that when that second goal went in.
1: Yeah, and it was yeah. uh, it, f- from memory, it was a set piece, um, that went into the box, and their huge centre back, he's about six foot four, he's massive actually, he got on the end of it and um, headed it past Phil in off the bar. Phil Phil couldn't have done anything on this one. No. It was a good header. And it was at that height that was really difficult to deal with um, so yeah that, that was 2-2 and then um, I said even during the game or just after the game maybe that after that goal went in Farmer had chances to score again mm-hmm. Bogdan Vashtuk went through one on one with Phil
2: and Phil made a very good save really made,
1: Phil made himself big and made a very good block mm-hmm. um, and there might have been one other chance and uh, it was just you were just watching it and thinking why is this happening I mean I've I've noted it down there and I, I've realised at the time I had a quick look on um, Soccerway on Farnborough's form and it before the match uh, at Champion Hill they picked up three points away from home all season mm-hmm. um, so you know that game was their fourth point and it was fourth away point of the season yeah and they um, haven't won away for 15 months <laughs> I think it's 37 or 38 games yeah
0: yeah, um, no, no wonder there weren't many of their fans there. Oh,
1: yeah,
2: that's a good point. Wasn't I good mean, they I think there were definitely about fifteen of them, which is not bad considering their form. But mm. I mean, no, yeah,
0: fair play to, to everyone. Exist, still, I mean, yeah, it
2: wasn't. It wasn't good. Yeah, and we put on. A, I remember the last kind of ten, fifteen minutes. We were putting on pressure, and I think um, what's his name, you know, Captain Man, Danny Waldron. <laughs> Danny Waldron. Oh, he hit the bar one point, and that I think. That guy went excited for about five ten minutes again, and we did pressurise a lot, especially down the flanks. Because Reese
1: did restart. Yeah, Reese came on. Reese came was on, was and about, he only about fifteen minutes left which
2: is again frustrating because you know if you leave it with on one side, it's it's not as effective as it could be. You know, you had two really pacey wingers, then you know you're going to tire out those left, you know, the left and right backs, mm. um, and yeah, it just seemed a little bit too little, too late, really, at that point.
1: Yeah, and Reese came on and was immediately the best player on the pitch, Mm -hmm. um, taking people on, beating them, playing good balls. Um, And as you mentioned, Danny Waldron hit the bar from about 25 yards, uh, went behind for a goal kick. And then I think it might have been in the last two or three minutes, there was a deflected shot, and it might have been from Reese. I don't know if you two remember this, but it was deflected so much that, you know, when the keeper's going one way and he has to change and go the other way. And he did that, and managed to pour it out, and then it was clear. Yeah. yeah, I do remember the
0: keeper making a lot of very good saves in the last sort of fifteen minutes. Mm. And Reese did bring quite a bit of energy when he came on. So there were there were chances, and you know, maybe a bit unlucky that the keeper was just on one of those patches where he was saving everything. Mm. And on another day, sometimes they're going to go in, but we weren't good enough. And you know, the result the result seemed a fair one upon. Yeah.
2: It was hard to stomach, but it, it it did it did feel fair at that point. I think. Yeah.
1: And I mentioned earlier that I spoke to Phil before the game. It just so happened that I bumped into him after the game as well when I was leaving in the car park. He was picking up some stuff from the, his car boot, and I, I stopped and talked to him and said, "What's going on?" We spoke before the game. We expected, you know, a, a better performance. We expected three points. And he, he just looked at me and said, "I, I can't explain it." He said you know, we just can't put our finger on it. He said, Danny Aldrin's in there at the moment, close to being suicidal. He's like, he's beside himself. He's so upset because the team isn't performing how it should. And he said, you know, it's probably a good thing that the game that was supposed to be played on the the following Tuesday Mm -hmm. against Wingate was cancelled or rescheduled. Because he said, we just need a bit of a break and just Mm -hmm. to regroup and properly try and sort things out.
0: Yeah. Do you think this is a case of this group of players just never quite being in this situation in their careers before and not really knowing how to handle the pressure. Cause it seems like, you know, we'd had a, a pretty leisurely stroll for the first half of the season mm. to be to be top at the halfway stage. And as soon as we kind of started to solidify that that place, the form has just the form and the performances have just dipped dramatically. And as I think you guys were, were talking about in the last episode there's some really experienced players in this squad and you know you you look at the rest of the teams in the league and on paper we've got depth and we've got quality like in every position but quite at this level do these players really have the experience to like you know turn up to a place like VCD and Mm -hmm. when the and perform and And when the conditions and some of the decisions might not go our way it's about you know Doing what needs to be done to get a result—it's not about necessarily, you know, smashing them four nil or five nil. Like perhaps we should be expected to do with some of the some of the players that we do have available. But I, I think you know, I think we
2: were hoping that you know another big crowd. There was another thirteen hundred in there on Saturday. You know, playing in front of that crowd again and having everyone behind you would hopefully spur them on because you can kind of see where a disparity might kind of arise from you know, having a big Saturday at home, winning, really enjoying it, and then going somewhere like VCD or Lewis midweek, and, and, you know, it being horrible and being windy and all the rest of it. And you can see where that disparity might come, but, you know, it it was busy and it was loud. And and you thought that might at least kick them off and go, oh, OK, you know, we're back at home now, let's fucking, you know, let's make it count. Mm-hmm. But apart from Danny, I've got to say, there didn't seem to be that much hunger on the no. pitch. And he, he is, to be fair to him, he is consistently shouting and telling people what to do, and he, you can see it matters to him. Um, and there are some players, I think, over the last couple of weeks that they just look a bit lost. Mm. You know, they just look a bit, a bit downtrodden. Maybe we've
1: conceded a lot, a lot of goals. We conceded uh, three at VCD, we conceded uh, three at Lewis, we conceded two at home to Farnborough, and the um, the main point from those three games is what's been missing is Ethan Pennett. And uh, and some people have said that you shouldn't single out one player as to why this dip in form has happened, but the, specifically conceiving the goals, mm-hmm. you've got to put it down to a change in the defence, in the yeah. heart of defence. I and mean, yeah. Ethan Pinnick, if you watch him, he he rarely makes a mistake. He intercepts an awful lot of balls. He's amazing in the air, mm-hmm. and he's really comfortable with the ball. Yeah, um, and him and Matt Drage work really well because they're quite similar. Actually, they're quite good on the ball, good in the air good position Lee. Um, and even though you know you could bring in Mitchell Nelson who played centre back, it's not the same player. Um, and I think I think Ethan is being missed hugely at the moment. Yeah,
0: it's funny that with centre backs it's it's so dependent on like the balance of a partnership, isn't it? Because I think Matt Drade is a very good player. I really like him. I think he's he's good on the ball, strong, good in the air, all the sort of you know attributes that you'd want in a centre back. But he just not He's not the same player if he doesn't have Ethan alongside him, and even someone like Sankofa, who's a very experienced player, you think like might be like quite a settling force. That that partnership doesn't seem to work well either. It's it's Pinnock and Drage that have been been the centre backs that have worked the best together this season, and I think that's mainly due to Ethan's quality. Mm-hmm.
2: That's the thing, you know. We 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 are still scoring goals. No, I don't think we've got necessarily any problems in that in fact I think our, our strongest part of the, the squad is, is up front but it's pointless the old football cliche you can't score more than they do
1: you know it's yeah and and, and if you mix that with individual errors at the back um it's a horrendous cocktail unfortunately
2: so it was a bit it was a bit demure uh, mm. full-time
1: wasn't great um Funny you say that. What I did, what I did notice was, yes. um, and I hate still using this term, but it is true. Some of the newer fans who perhaps have been coming for the last couple of months, mm-hmm. um, and who aren't aware of the collapses after Christmas in the past couple of seasons,
2: the contextual understanding for the Dallas Chamber season. Yeah, perhaps. I guess so. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, at full time, you know, we're still giving it the whole all chanting five minutes after singing after the final whistle. You know, being quite happy, clapping the players. You know, well done, whatever. And uh, but then you looked at some of the fans who've been coming for a couple of years, and there was just that wasn't the same. There was quite a big um, juxtaposition between the two different sets of fans at that point and Mm -hmm. I think I was part of the fans who were just stood there and shrugging my shoulders a bit and come on, like... Yeah, I'm not going to sing them off at this point, no. Um, Yeah. Um, And then, uh, just one last point I wanted to make on this game was, and uh, I suppose it was a moan that I made on Twitter from the 4 account, was after the game, um, underneath the toilet's opposite stand and all the way along that side of the ground... The place was absolutely covered in litter. Like mm-hmm. it, was, it was the worst I've ever seen it. And it, there was crates, empty crates, there was empty cans, there was empty wine bottles, empty beer bottles, just general food crap, and yeah. it was just littered. Yeah, and it's
2: disgusting. I mean, I felt bad, actually, because I, uh, I went to the toilet and I had to go up to Finsbury Park. I didn't clear up, I normally do get involved. But then to see your post on you know, the Ford Hamlet, there was a lot.
1: It just got to the point. There was a lot of yeah, rubbish. I mean, there was there was four or five of us who um, stayed behind for the longest, and were doing it, and it took us absolutely ages. Mm-hmm. One fan cut her hand on one of the beer cans, mm-hmm. and there was blood everywhere.
2: Yeah,
1: and yeah, you know, I just find it perplexing that you turn up to somewhere and just expect and just throw your crap on the floor and expect someone else to clean it up.
2: But I suppose that is that is part of the, you know, it's the the counter to the success isn't it and, and all the press we've got you know people do come because I've heard it's a great day out and you can have a drink yeah. and I think they're all well meaning but perhaps I don't realise that because it is a 7th tier football team there are not the resources to clean that stuff up there are not you know um, the paid cleaners that go and do that stuff so maybe it's, it's something that we should start trying to softly you yeah. know imply to people that you know if you bring stuff please get it out yeah. Whether it's through signage, whether it's through a song that is, I'm sure someone can put together yeah. out there, you know, to just make people more aware that, you know, yeah, you guys might fuck off and go to the EDT or the Cherry Tree or go and back up to Camberwell, but we'll be here for 20 minutes cleaning up your shit.
0: Yeah.
2: I think there's a point here as well
0: about what, what is, I don't want to use the word acceptable, but what is appropriate to bring into the ground. Yeah, yeah. This, is, this
2: is the glass issue big time. Isn't it? Isn't yeah. It?
0: And you know, we, it, you 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 know. Frankly, it shouldn't be down to the fans who've been coming longer to clean up after other people. But you know, if that is going to be the case, they shouldn't be at risk of cutting themselves on glass or 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 cans, cans or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I, I, there's there's certain ways that we can try and self police this. Mm-hmm. Like, I think of most places where you pay ticketed entry and you can't bring in your own alcohol at the Oval you can bring in a four a four pack of cans mm. you know that wouldn't be a, a bad policy necessarily
2: I mean I know uh, lots of parallels drawn between the two but I know that's that's the rule at Clapton as well Um and, you know, that's a big part of their day out is, is the alcohol aspect of it much like ours um, and maybe if there is some that kind of limit well you know I mean I know there's been talk on the forum about it but it, you know the signage needs to be clearer, first and foremost. You know, there's a tiny sign in the turnstiles. There needs to be some more signage saying, please don't bring glass in. And if it takes one of us or a, a board member to stand outside in a high-vis and say to the crowd, please don't bring glass in. Here are some cups. Here are some, you know, just, just empty it out and leave it in the bin out here. You know, I think people would be up for doing that if it's going to save on not only people clearing up, but obviously, you know, it does get then get to the stage where if people do get hurt, you know, the FA might get involved, and in it it starts to to push yeah. it into the realm of being a little bit kind of detrimental to the club. One
1: of the main one of the main reasons why I don't like glass being brought into the ground, or why it shouldn't be brought into the ground, is because at Dulwich, and it's great that this happens. There's Four, five, six different groups of kids all playing by themselves. football of the ground, pitch. Side, exactly. And if, if their parents have come, or it doesn't even matter if their parents, you know, if there's a group of, of guys next to them or a group of girls, whoever, who are drinking out of glass bottles, and when one of them falls over, they won't clear, clean it up. No. If, if a football goes over there, a kid falls over, he lands on some glass. Yeah, that's um,
2: It's awful.
1: Yeah, but it's not, it's not just a glass, it's also, I mean, Hugo, you and me spoke about this in the week, it's also just have a bit of respect for the football club. I've seen people walking through the turnstiles with crates. we've picked up a crate from Sainsbury's yeah. they've opened it as they've walked out of Sainsbury's they're holding it under their arm and drinking a beer as they get a ticket off Griff at the turnstiles and it's just you just think don't
2: take the piss don't take the piss don't take the piss, yeah. take the piss. You yeah. know, that, the, that's the thing that's the one, when I first came to Litch Hamlet, and I came with a lot of guys that all live up in North London and it was actually them that spurred me on to come because I've been talking about it for a while and they fancied the day out so I came with them and we didn't take booze in with us. and what we were really surprised about was the price of booze like the bar is not expensive in, com- in comparison to other places around London, it is not expensive. You know, you can get a pint of Hamlet Lager for £3.30. That's almost spoon prices. You know, it, it's not expensive. Yes, there are issues with the, the bar um, being accessible at half-time, which is why they're, I'm sure we'll talk about it, the outside bar, starting with, with cans and stuff. You know, it, I, I think there does need to be a concerted effort from not only the club, but I, I think from, from the fans as well, to say, don't take the piss. If we see someone with a crate, have a word. Say, so, mm-hmm. look, I know you don't this time, but please, if you come again, don't take the piss. You know, we're a local community club, and that money could be better spent in our bar.
1: And also, it all we'll gets to the point where, because of the press coverage at Dodge and because of the focus on it at the moment, if there are more and more, and it is probably just photographs or people just actually mm-hmm. seeing it of people doing this, eventually the club will turn around and say, No, go fuck right. yourself. Yeah, you can't do it anymore. And
2: they're well within their right to do that, and yeah. that's that's mm-hmm. that's the point. You know, we want to try and. Stop it before it gets to that point.
0: Like like I said before, like what what examples can you think of of places where you've bought a ticket to go in somewhere, where exactly. there is alcohol available to buy, where you're able to bring in your own booze? Yes. It's, it's you know, they're, they're anomalies rather than the mm-hmm. norm. Exactly. So yeah, let's not take the piss.
1: I think that's probably quite a nice point to end on. So we'll wrap up this part here. We'll have a nice little ditty from uh, our theme music. And then uh, shall we move on to...
2: Some other things.
1: Some other things.
2: Uh, the other things are on the list that we've written down. Excellent. Join us after the music. <laughs> Swaggering
1: dandy. An absolute This week, there was a nice interview with Reese Merrell-Williamson, Dolly Chaminet legend, uh, in the non-league football magazine. It's a very glossy online production, actually. It is. I quite enjoyed perusing it.
2: Slick, mm. I think.
1: And uh, <laughs> Reese's interview is on page uh, 90 of uh, issue 6. So, up, up the bill, Good. Yeah. <laughs> Headliner. And uh, I thought it'd be. Wait, uh, the top 100. <laughs> <laughs> just, I think it was 116 pages. <laughs> but uh, it's very nicely done. I thought it'd be quite nice for people who haven't read it if we just went through it. Because uh, there's some very nice quotes from Reese. So. Uh, Take it away. Well, and I'll, and I'll, I'll begin. So, starting his <laughs> career in Crystal Palace's thriving youth set up, true. Reese Williamson moved to Scottish champions Glasgow Celtic in 2011. I did not
2: know that. Really? Um,
1: that's mildly
2: impressive. Mildly he's honest. played
1: in the next. I always bring this out whenever yeah, I'm in I like this one. He's, he's played in the next gen series, which yeah. is the like junior Champions League, um, for Celtic against Barcelona. He's played against wow. Isaac Cuenca and. Um, there's a winger that's online at Fiorentina at the moment. I can't remember his name now. It's going to really annoy me, but he's played against that Barcelona side. Yeah. So the three or four years ahead of Messi, and maybe five years. ahead It's interesting
0: tournament that because it was started by like a couple of like kind of <clears throat> commercial, like businessy types who used to work for Sky, I think, mm-hmm. and they kind of set up this own like youth, what was essentially a youth Champions League, and it just worked really well because you had like guys who were you know the Scottish Academy like Reese playing against kids at La-, La Messiah, and there wasn't really like any other fixtures previous to that where you had that sort of crossover and the concept was so good that UEFA came in and said like yeah we'll have that one and I think kind of took over the franchise and now it doesn't exist anymore it's a UEFA competition nice interesting
1: good knowledge great knowledge Triple journalist knowledge that is oh stop it the false night <laughs> um Unfortunately, it continues, the article, uh, Reese lasted just five months in Scotland. Um, however, finding himself unattached and back in his native land, the skillful forward decided to forge a career in the non-league game. And since then, he hasn't looked back. He moved first to Sutton United before journeying to the likes of Harrowborough, Lewis and Hayes and Yedding. He found his feet in the south and after impressing a number of suitors, the opportunity arose to sign for Dulwich Hamlet. And what they've actually put... It's me in Premier Division powerhouse. Oh,
2: like that. Oh, powerhouse.
1: Figuring in front of partisan crowds of over 1,500 this season. At that's Champ- that's Champ- just in the Hill.
2: posh and hipster, isn't it?
1: <laughs> They've snuck it in, bastards. <laughs> the 22 year old has quickly gained fans' favourite status while playing for the Hamlet. Great. And as Gavin Rose's men push for automatic promotion. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Forge believes the club's fans can pe- play, their pl- uh, play their part in the side's push for the title. <laughs> uh, and a quote here from Reese, it's the f- first of many quotes. Things are going really well this season. Oh. <laughs> and we really do have a chance to win the league. <laughs> and our team's strength and depth could be crucial as suspensions and injuries kick in during the next few months. Continuing, we said, fans have played a big part in our title search so far, and I know that this will continue. They're second to none, and they sing all the time, whether we are winning, losing, or drawing. They give us <clears throat> extra motivation, and they've won us games on their own this season.
0: It's really nice, nice to, hear. to hear that really nice in in, hear that. in writing, as it were, cause, you know, like we've all spent time with the players like they're they're very um you know grateful for the sport that we that we give them but um it's it's nice that that's like one of the first things he singles out as the reason one of the reasons behind the club's success and obviously as it says in the intro he's been a bit of a journeyman so far in his career but to like <clears throat> sort of settle here on a slightly more permanent basis now he's obviously really enjoying the the spirit around the club so yeah nice to hear
1: and uh It goes on. Dulwich Hamlet are a great club, but if I I was ever to move on, my next move would need to be a good one, as I've been ill-advised in the past, which perhaps links to your previous comment just then. I'm not in a rush to go anywhere, and I'm loving life at Champion Hill. Reese is a key component in the club's slick operation, and his knack of scoring when goals are most needed has been crucial. Midfield maestro Ash Carew... (laughs) Has played a hand in the majority of his teammates' efforts too and the latter was praised when the question was asked, who is the best player in the squad? He says, without a doubt, it's Ash Carew as he is crucial for us as he has been a very important player throughout the first half of the season. His all-round player is second to none and he's our top scorer so his goals will need to be supported. He's one of the best players in this division though and that is a fact.
2: I'd also like to say that his
1: use of the phrase second to none is second to none. It really is. It's cracking. Morell <laughs> Williamson has had a brief taste of the professional game in well his relatively short career, as previously mentioned, and inevitably he's desperate to return to the top flight. The Hamlet are on the brink of entering the National League South. The, the top flight of the Ryman. Because <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah, I'm not laughs> exactly. he's staying well, right the, moment, the National yeah. League. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, or the SPL? <laughs> uh, sure. Um, yeah, so Hamlet are on the brink of entering the National League South. I'm not going to call it that, the no. Conference South. Yeah, and their mainstay is eager to con- is eager to taste success with his current club after scoring and assisting a large amount of the club's goals this term. Reese finishes the article with his own quote: "Promotion is the aim, and in the process, I want to play at the highest level. I'm determined to do that with Dulwich Hamlet too." And nothing will stop me from helping the club fight their way into the Conference South come 2016-17. I thought it was a really nice article.
2: It was. I think it reflects what most people thought about Reece. Uh, mm. You just you can kind of tell just about him the way you know the way he interacts with fans and especially when he celebrates when he when he, when he scores. You like yeah he really he, he likes being here. You know he really enjoys that. And he enjoys the fact that like most of the players do. You know was our 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 lowest attendance is higher than like. Most of the most uh, of the teams in the league. Our highest you know.
1: attendance this season for a home game in the league is 555, mm-hmm. which is the ninth highest home attendance of any of the clubs in yeah. the league. If that makes sense, I think that makes sense. Uh,
2: it basically means that we are head and shoulders above everybody else in terms yeah. of, of of crowd. And I think you know yeah. that that's probably another reason why you know we can get some of these players to come and kind of play for us is because you know it is it's a, it's a big club in that sense. Within the context yeah. of the of the league that we're in, we are a, a big club.
0: Yeah, and it's particularly relevant to uh, Reese as well because we pinched him off Faze and Yedding here in the division above. Anyone know what sort of crowds they're pulling? No. Two, three hundred, I think? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you know, take take
1: a step down, get a bit of first team football. And score a couple of goals. Score a couple of goals. Yeah. And also, a big thing for these players at this level is... Um, the media coverage at the moment football exclusives the highlights are online every week mm-hmm. there's, there's two official club photographers mm-hmm. there's brixton buzz articles yeah. the Dutch There's Webster. a, podcast. <laughs> podcast. Bears, a podcast. podcast a little podcast little podcast going yeah. on there? so there's a huge amount of uh, media coverage so it's a lot more coverage
2: than you get from most other clubs Absolutely, even in the south yeah, now, yeah. So
1: what's the hazy Edding podcast or even it? the
0: conference yeah to be fair yeah, yeah like yeah. the sort of both smaller clubs that are in the conference. I know you've got a couple of like ex-ex league sleeping giants in there, but you know, yeah, still like you look at a couple of divisions above, and you know the, the the breadth of the coverage we seem to be getting at the moment is um, yeah un- unrivalled. I would say it is. No, it's
2: it's a very nice article. Very nice article indeed. Yeah, and and
0: that's publication. We'll be uh, we'll be keeping an eye
1: on keeping an eye on. So nice one, Reese. Thank you for that. I know you don't listen to this podcast, but. We'll we should tag him in a tweet, can't we? Yeah, we'll tag him in a tweet and say thank you to the next game. So, thanks, Rhys. Appreciate that.
2: I should just say, we're in the same room we're in last week. Uh, London Fashion Week is being held in a multi-story car park about 20 metres away from where we're recording is, And we're sat under a grate with an almost constant flow of high heels. So, yeah. apologies for that. Soon enough, we'll go in an actual soundproof room. Ooh. <laughs> Professional. So profesh. What's next, Tom? Um, let me read your chicken scratch writing. Um,
1: <laughs> it's not <a> strength.
2: That's <laughs> uh, um, Aha! Said that man off the alley. Um FC Assyria.
1: Yeah, the upcoming... Charity fundraiser. Charity fundraiser against FC Assyria. Indeed. At Champion Hill. And when is that, Ben? Hugo, what's the date? It's
0: so on March the 2nd.
1: Which is a Tuesday or when? Wednesday, would it be? I think our charity fundraiser against Stonewall last year it was a Wednesday. It
0: is indeed a Wednesday. Wednesday. fantastic.
1: You've got an article there from, is it Southwark News that was this week?
0: Yeah, Joey Miller in the Southwark News has uh, written a very nice preview, entitled, I... uh, Dulwich Hamlet to take on a Syrian team in charity match for refugees.
1: And instead of us trying to uh, go through what we think the game is about, perhaps we do what we did for Reese and go through the article, so Fingers crossed, it's going to be accurate. Bit of promotion for it, which we've been asked to do by the club. So,
0: yeah, Falak Shamlet will take on an Assyrian team in a charity match next month, with all proceeds going towards providing aid in the ongoing refugee crisis. The fundraising fixture on March second will see the blue and pinks face off against FC Assyria, a North London-based team made up largely of Assyrian players of Iraqi descent.
1: Do you know what level they play at? It might I don't know
0: uh, let's read on from what,
1: from, what, from what I've seen in there I think FC Assyria have kind of provided a few quotes at some point but I think it's one of the biggest games they've ever played right. from what I assume
0: every single penny raised will be split between the Soviet refugee project and the British Red Cross Syria appeal this is a great way to raise money and awareness FC Assyria manager Ramzan Isaac told the news most of our team have been living in London for 10 or 15 years but we have a synergy for the place, and it is heartbreaking to see it all happen. Assyria is being destroyed in front of our eyes. We are seeing systematic annihilation by ISIS. It is especially hard for our players who still have family over there. Mm. The club, which was founded in the 1960s, has spent most of its existence in the lower leagues before a recent surge up the footballing pyramid. Ramzin said, This match against Dulwich is the biggest, toughest. Highest calibre team we will have ever played. Playing in a stadium in front of lots of people, the players are all asking me who will get to play.
1: And the other half are terrified. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dulwich have been great. I've seen photos of their matches and they have already and they already have an Assyrian flag up at the ground. It's great to see. We're all really looking forward to the game. Mishi Marath, responsible for community initiatives on the Dulwich Hamlet Football Club committee attributed the club's growing attendances to their involvement with politics and the local community. He said, It's such a simple idea to play a friendly against a lower level side and donate all the money to something worthwhile such as this. It ticks all the boxes, helping both refugees who have settled locally and continues the humanitarian efforts that our fans clearly care about. Some in football think our fans might bring too much politics into football, but it's not about that. It's about doing the right thing, and the local community in East Dulwich, Southwark, and beyond clearly agree, if you judge our work with the crowds that are currently coming through the gate. The match will be played at 7.45pm on Wednesday, March 2nd, at Dulwich Hamlets Champion Hill Stadium. Tickets are reduced to £5 for adults, £2 for concessions, and free for under-12s for the game, although there will be opportunities for charity donations. And there's a nice photo of... Um, Dulwich fans and the ever raucous toilets opposite stand at a recent match. <laughs> <that> by uh, <laughs> <laughs> by that. Duncan Palmer.
1: And um,
0: yeah. Oh, the
2: photo done
1: Good. Yeah. Hmm. And uh, this of course follows on from the um the refugee appeal that we held earlier in the season for clothing and foodstuffs Great. A massive collection with my yeah.
0: an overwhelming collection. Yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah. So, and it is
1: and it is absolutely what Missy just said. This kind of thing, working the community and just doing the right thing, is what attracts more and more people to non-league football who, perhaps otherwise, wouldn't give a toss.
2: No, I mean it's one of the reasons you know I I kept coming is because if I I felt even though that because I think a lot of people in my situation that wanted to go and like, kind of go and watch non-league football, you, you had your you Clapton and your Dulwich. You hear about those two. Captains all well are well and good, but it's very, very hard left, and that's fine. Dulwich Hamlet is an undertone of it, but it's really about enjoying yourself and enjoying the football. And I think that little, that mixture, I think that balance is just right. Dulwich Hamlet, and if we can do things like this that do help, um, then I think it'll only just help the the, the the kind of club's image get better
0: and grow. I think it's a great quote from Mishi It's about doing the right thing, and I think yeah. you can say that about so much about what the club does. You know, we were mentioning earlier about trying to. Do a bit of self-policing on on what's brought into the ground, ground drink-wise, and you know it's about doing the right thing, yeah. isn't it? And yeah, this this match, which um, I know Mishy has done done a lot, put a lot of effort into organising, as of
1: you know, plenty of other people at the club. You know, it's about doing the right thing, isn't it? And there's also been a, a t-shirt made available. I don't know if you've seen this, like a commemorative t-shirt for the game. Oh, Brilliant. I'm not actually sure who's produced it. Uh, oh, actually, is it philo- philosophy, philosophy Football? football. I think it's £12, 12 or £13 pounds, and it's just the standard uh, the date of the match the two club crests and a little bit of other info but if you buy that all proceeds also go to the same um, channels as well yeah
0: we'll, we'll tweet some links to that over, yeah. the, uh, over the next few weeks and, and uh, just remind us one more time of the date 2nd of March Wednesday 7.45 7.45 and ticket how much ticket tickets 6 quid right now five. Five, 5 for adults 2 pound three, 3 for f- 3 for for under 12
2: Let's make it a big one. Yeah, let's try and get as many people there as we can. Yeah, because
0: we, you know, we playing sort of uh, opposition on the grounds of a, a worthy cause is is not a new concept in recent seasons. Um, we played Stonewall last last year around a similar time, I think, and um, again it was a reduced admission, but we still got a very. Very good turnout. A lot of people who wouldn't necessarily even consider coming to a football match, let alone a midweek non-league match in Southeast London, were turning up. And you know, it's all it's all money in the in the bucket for a good for a good cause.
2: And I do see that Manchester United have followed our lead, and they're also going to play Stonewall, uh recently or soon. Stonewall's twenty-fifth birthday, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So you know, trendsetters. Yeah, good yeah. Stuff. Come on down. An absolute You're off to Brentwood tomorrow, um, how are we feeling?
0: Slightly nervous about whether we're actually going to get there. Yeah, I mean the, the
2: <laughs> transport issue is massive and it's one of the reasons I'm, I'm probably, well I'm not going, because I managed, to, I tried to do a very similar journey last Sunday to see my family and it was a
1: nightmare. So, um, good luck to both of you. Cheers, <laughs> uh, yeah. We'll yeah. see where we end up. Yeah. Well, the... I did, did tweet from the account earlier that we'd uh, fire up the pink helicopter, yeah, which nice. we acquired from Victoria's Secret. <laughs> <laughs> not down price.
2: Uh, cheeky, cheeky. Very nice. Um, so, I'm not actually too familiar with where Brentwood are in the table. Where are they floating around? Do we know?
1: It's funny you should say that, Tom, because I have it right here in front of me.
2: Oh, that is just podcast gold.
1: Um, and do you know what I've also realised that in recent weeks we have played Staines Town 19th uh, we've played VC the Athletic 21st we've played Farnborough 23rd and we've played Lewis 24th Brentwood, 22nd the missing piece of the jigsaw you could say you could say that we could get no points from any of them well, I mean, that'd be a nice little uh... <laughs> no, we, picked up, we picked up a valuable point it's Farnborough us. <laughs> <yeah. laughs>
2: Let's not let's not forget that. Yeah,
1: they're they twenty seconds. They're um, so Lewis at bottom on twenty two points. Farnborough are on twenty four. Brentwood the next up on twenty six.
0: Okay. This is um, just so typical. You you'd you'd imagine you know our promotion rivals like looking at the fixtures and seeing like, oh Dulwich they've got a really easy run coming yeah, up and we and we've completely yeah we have screwed it, yeah, screwed it. <laughs> and you know it's it's you know now never really isn't it in terms of like
1: well when we played Brentwood earlier in the season at Champion Hill we did see them off quite comfortably I think it was I think we might have scored four goals maybe 4-1 or 4-0 and it was Dean Holdsworth, uh, Bolton legend Dean Holds and Wimbledon legend his last game in charge of Brentwood he quit afterwards Oh
0: well, beat enough
1: yeah, yeah um, and so they've, they've been struggling all season um, I've,
0: you know did, did only get just get promoted last season yeah, like, they, they're, they're, yeah. they're, they're not a big club no
1: an awful lot of teams in this league from that area yeah oh, look, we, I mean we, like, we Derecky East Thurrock
2: yeah Brentwood Brentwood yeah um, Grays. Yeah, Graves Canvey did we play Canvey
1: yeah
0: Canvey,
2: Canvey. yeah there's this in Corn
1: Church only went down last season uh, yeah Hornchurch. I used to live in Hornchurch. Yeah. Yeah. horrible place <laughs> I mean, not only have I got the table up in front of me, I've also got their form,
2: which is quite helpful. And how is their form looking? Uh,
1: Their last five games, they have won once, they have drawn thrice, and they've lost once. Hmm. So, Billy Ricky away in in January, won all. They then drew at home to Burgess Hill. They then won 3-1 at Merston. Uh, They drew 3-3 at home to Canvey the uh, Sussex O oh. of the month <laughs> oh, oh, oh. having that well, put that okay. right in the pocket and yeah. then uh, most recently they lost 2-0 at home to Leighton
2: okay so not in great form not in great form but then, not that that seems <laughs> to matter to when we play these teams <laughs> so it's fine um, uh, who do you want to see in the starting line up
0: tomorrow?
1: Hugo Jack Dixon. <laughs> I'd love to see me in the starting yeah, line up yeah. as well I
0: <laughs> Ryan Moss would think about that. <laughs> I like the way it automatically... I'm Not yeah, 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 yeah. I'm yeah. playing that, Yeah,
1: Sorry, Ryan, mate. Uh... <laughs> so you like that straight away with Jack Dixon?
0: Yeah. Um, I I feel like there's a cut-off point about when we started dipping a bit, and it's when Jack Dixon comes out of the starting lineup, And we... Sort of t- touched upon the kind of player who likes to keep keep the ball ticking over, and Dicko is exactly that. And I think it was it was a real shame that he he was dropped, seemingly. Um, so, you know, things haven't really been working recently. So, getting back in the starting eleven, let's see what happens. He he's got a lot of experience at this level. Let's get Dicko back in the starting eleven.
1: I'm up for that. Absolutely up for that. I love I love Jack Dixon. He's a nice guy. He's, Great players have on the pitch. So him and Danny Warden work well together, and then he let Ash do whatever he wants, um, so that they dovetail quite nicely. I'd like to see Jordan Brown continue at left back, even though Jordan Hibbert has been good. Jordan Brown, um, his comeback into the side against Farnborough was solid. Well, I'm right thinking that Jordan Hibbert was playing at right back, and because Mitchell would move to centre back. Mm. So with E for now, that might continue. I mean, yeah, I'm. Uh, Jordan Hibbert
0: seems to divide opinion quite a lot, but. I don't see what there's not to like about him. He mm. he's very versatile. He's a great crosser of the ball. He really kind of gets what the club's about. And you know, he might make a few mistakes in defence, but there's plenty of mistakes being made across the defence, quite frankly. And I don't I don't see him as being particularly culpable more so than anyone else. So yeah, keep Hibbert in in the in the lineup for me. Jordan Brown, great to have him back, back, back in back in fitness.
1: And start Reese. Like, yeah, please.
0: I mean that's Please I, just start Reese. I love Reese.
1: Please just I start. I really Reece. want to
0: see him start. So he's saying drop Dino Macca?
1: Yeah.
2: I, I yeah, I think Dino's definitely come off the board over the past couple of weeks. He it's was been really a tricky few
1: weeks
0: for him. I think I would it has, say.
2: yeah. I just that V C D game it was really particularly kind of, yeah, just a couple too many touches every time. And it, it's disappointing because he is, you know, we spoke about it last week. You know, he, he holds the ball up so well for such a such a tiny man, and you know, he he does even, you know, he uh, assisted Carew in that yeah. header. You know, he can be really. Effective he's probably the guys. most.
1: He's probably the most technically gifted player in the team. Well, yeah. It's funny you mention that Damien Scannell gave an interview to uh, another non-league publication last month, and they said who's the most skillful player at Dulwich Hamlet, and his reply, most of his other replies, it was like a Q and A, were yeah. um, one-word answers for this question Mm. he said um, this guy isn't just the most skillful player at Dulwich Hamlet he's the most skillful player I've ever played with at any level Dean McDonald Mm -hmm. Um, and you can see that you can can, can see that it's very obvious
0: Mm. Dame was a bit of a funny one because I felt like end of last year start of this year he was very much pivotal to our Mm. our fortunes which were pretty high at that point like he was assisting he was scoring he was like using that like quite a nice combination of skill and strength that he has to the success of the team I've not really seen him that much in the last few weeks and I don't know no. if that's a fitness thing I don't know if that's a, a dovetailing oh, yeah. of Dino Maka coming back into the team I mean you can see you know it, it, in a way it's, it, it's
2: a nice problem to have there are lots of, um, there are lots of good players fighting for Options those for those, attack, yeah. for those attacking positions but at the same time you know I think especially when we're playing those teams that are strutting down the bottom hitting him with two pacey wingers is is probably a really good call. Mm. Um and and you know as we've just heard from Reese, he loves the club but he wants to play. He's hungry to play and when he comes on we 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 all know that you know he does make an impact. So let's let's start him and if he starts to wane 60 minutes 70 minutes in bring on Dinamaka. Yeah. You know because it's at that point if they're knackered yeah. where those silky skills are going to come off, yeah. Do you know what I mean. Um I'd love to see him start. I I hope he does. I'll be Eagerly checking uh, the Ford the Hamlet feed to find out who's in the team. Uh, any other players do you think? Uh...
1: The only other decision you've got to make at the moment is Ryan Moss or Jacob Erskine. And I said mm. last week, personally, I'll go Ryan Moss. Um, yeah, yeah I, would I, just, I would. I just think he's more likely to score a goal. That's like, I think Jacob's a good player and he scored a lot of goals at the start of the season, but I do think Ryan Moss is more likely to score.
0: Yeah, if you've got a player of Ryan Moss's quality in the team, he starts, I think. It's proven at this level. Yeah.
2: Uh, not only that, you know, but I think Erskine uh, needs to get on the exercise bike. we've <laughs> <laughs> still, still, still got a lot of frozen turkey, that boy, from Christmas. Uh, no, I'm being mean. But uh, yeah, I think Ryan wants to look sharper, mm. certainly. Um, do you know much about the Brentwood Ground? Have you been there before? I haven't.
0: No, I, no? I think. Well, it's certainly the first time in the time I've been supporting Dulwich that we've been in the same division. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what their experience is. Like reaching these heights
1: I think it's their first season at this level I think I think i read that somewhere this season
0: well um, that's exciting yeah something to report
2: back on yeah use the Will Clunis burger scale. yeah <laughs> someone's has got what, what, was,
1: what was the last one 2 out of 10
2: VCD 2 out of 10 that's what he reckoned right it's a terrible burger
0: he's still 8 Oh. yeah Miles. I had one as well I can concur yeah, yeah. <laughs> Four, maybe,
1: yeah, best. You four. Okay. Yeah, four of them? No, <laughs> no I'm not Jacob Erskine, mate. <laughs> <laughs> That's <lovely tea. laughs> We love you, Jacob. Yeah, yeah think, thing, you thing is, fingers crossed we'll get a result. I mean, I, I, I can't predict anything at the moment, but at least the, let's get a bloody point, shall we? I mean, just keep us ticking over. It would be ideal. Make yeah. the playoffs, at least.
2: And that's the other, I think that's the other uh, really concerning thing is that the top of the table is so congested and we there are so many games in hand. You can only hope, like for other teams, not for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We are, we've played our games. And that's the frustrating thing. You, you can only hope that the congestion that's going to come through March and April is going to come back and haunt some of those teams in the sense that they, they might end up getting tired and burnt out. But mm. it, it it's looking touch and go now. I think there was a point on Saturday where we were, we were two and up and the results were going our way and everyone was feeling a bit better and then it all just went a bit sour. Yeah, we're sitting in third at the moment, right? Is that, is that correct? I think so. Yeah, yeah okay.
0: Yeah, I've, I've stopped
1: looking at the table. Yeah, really. I've, I've
0: told myself to not
1: look at the door. yeah. i mean, I hope that's not the case
0: ball. in the dressing room because um, you don't know. Yeah, you would hope not. Anyway,
1: yeah. we've waffled along, so uh, what else have we got to cover?
0: Any other business, chaps?
1: Uh, there was a,
0: a very special birthday over the weekend wasn't there? There
1: was. Donal Hamlet chairman Jack Payne celebrated his 80th birthday during the week so during the game on Saturday we uh, the 80th minute in the 80th minute sang yeah. a little happy birthday tune which was hilarious because it was uh, it was hijacked <laughs> it was hijacked <laughs> Hi- by Jack by <laughs> <laughs> Jack Payne by a group of fans who were stood uh, alongside us underneath the toilet's opposite stand and it was it was clearly Someone else's one of their birthdays, as and well. they
2: thought that everyone knew. So, yeah. So
1: then it got to the happy birthday too, and then it all uh, dawned on them that it wasn't. Yeah. Oh, I don't
2: actually know. If it did dawn on them. Because <laughs> it, it, kept... it it did. I think it did when we repeatedly
1: kept singing about Jack Payne. <laughs> they were like, "Okay, this wasn't for us." Okay, all right, fair enough. But um, yeah, he's been with the club for for decades. Uh, interesting fact about uh, Jack Payne: he used to be the manager of which other London non-league club? Two minutes, correct.
2: Oh, but no, he saw the light. To, did, to yes, give his credit,
1: I think that was in the seventies or eighties. Okay, all right. Um, no one. I've asked a few people. Um, actually, I haven't asked any of the old school, but I've asked a few other people why he made that move, mm-hmm. and they don't actually know. So maybe I'll do a bit of digging with Sean Dooley or, or Missy or someone and ask them if they know. Anything. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Happy birthday to Jack Payne. He's, you can spot him in the club bar. Um, after every game, wandering around, chatting to people. And uh, the monthly awards are always a highlight because he still doesn't know any of the players' names. <laughs> and even if he does, he can't pronounce them properly. What <laughs> did he call Damien Scan on the other one? Was it, uh, Damien Scanwell, that was it. No, it was apparently Damien Scanswell, which was, <laughs> which was hilarious. He could never pronounce uh, Xavier Vidal's name. Yeah, yeah, a little um, a shout-out in
0: the in the history of this show. In Our first episode was... Um, at the end of season awards, and um, our uh, our founder Jack Jack McElroy, overheard someone in front of him saying, as a, as Jack Payne was was speaking and, and gi- giving a sort of end of season speech about about Hamlet, he heard someone in the rude, in the row in front of him saying, he takes this club to heart, rude boy. <laughs> And it, it is just, like, it's so true. Just like, if there's anyone who does take this club to heart...
2: Rude boy. <laughs> rude boy.
0: Yeah. Um, it's Jack Payne. And, yeah, like, like you know, it, it easily one of the best quotes that's ever come out of the clubhouse. But, um,
1: and at Christmas parties, he occasionally does the old ditty. He did a bit of Sinatra. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's a crooner, is and he? Yeah, oh, oh, yeah, big time. Oh, he used to work like on a cruise ship, apparently. Oh. Apparently. But he, nice. he did a little ditty before Christmas, which went down really well. Very nice. And he got involved in the in the dancing during the uh, after party of the Altena Dolich Friendly last nice, year. Nice. He got involved with a bit of jiving. <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah,
0: still still got a spring in his step at the age of 80 years young. So good, yeah. many, good on you, Jack. Many yeah. happy returns, Jack. Yeah. Happy, happy birthday.
1: birthday. Anything, else? Anything, anything else? I can't yeah. think of anything.
0: I mean, do get in touch if you like a birthday shout in the future. But um, yeah yeah I mean is, is any I feel like is any other business a new part of this format yeah, well, now I think
1: it kind of works no, it's sort of been a... we've kind of done little bits at the end we've not really you've cater- not cemented it in as this is how we're going to run the show any okay. other business any A-O-B. AOB if you tweet something to the
2: lads that is mildly amusing they might talk about it yeah, yeah that's,
1: that's, that's the that's gist base of base it. it yeah yeah, cool. yeah. Um, but yeah we've waffled for rages as I've said so we'll wrap up there shall we yeah. yeah, let's
0: let's go and enjoy London Fashion Week boys I can't wait
1: well, I guess I cannot
0: I wait for the shows
1: <laughs> well don't forget to get involved with uh, with us online we do have uh, Facebook just search for Ford the Hamlet Twitter is at Ford Hamlet we have Instagram which again is Ford the Hamlet um, anything else I've, have I forgotten anything there? no
0: no we're, we're on all the platforms
1: no. um, what, ne- what network are we part of here?
0: we're part of the Holdfast Network visit holdfastnetwork.com for more quality podcasts
1: we'll see you again very soon
2: uh, yes and uh, I have to say it because we're sat here
0: so.
1: recorded
2: at Soho Radio Studios <laughs> Soho
1: Radio Studios thank you very much for the uh, studio uh, and what a yeah. pleasure it's been thank you Go cheers Ben thanks Dom. cheers thanks, guys thanks listeners bye
0: bye it would be nice if all the teams went out and played like swaggering dandies as the Hamlet do an absolute humdinger from about 25 yards get in Swaggering dandies, An absolute pop
1: dingo. Swaggering dandies. Oosh, capito, leo, leo. Oosh, capito, leo, leo. Oosh, capito, leo, oosh, capito, leo, oosh, capito, leo,